Hey, welcome to the Afrikaner podcast. My name is Mikey Mhennam. Today we have a conversation with Hiba Haj Felder, who is the director of the Arab Image Foundation. The Arab Image Foundation is one of the most important art and archiving organizations in the entire region. Their work is enormously essential, so it is a privilege to be able to talk about their work and their history with Hiba. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome everybody. My name is Mikey Mhenna and our special guest for this Africa conversation is Hiba Haj Felder, who has over 20 years of experience in development and institutional capacity building. Her work experience between 1996 and 2006 covered community development initiatives, production of knowledge resources as well as ecotourism. She's worked with a diverse local and international organizations such as the Search for Common Ground in Washington DC and in Jordan, Save the Children in Lebanon, Arab Resources Collective in Lebanon, UNOPS in Geneva supporting a peace building program in Rwanda as well as being the co-founder of the volunteer coordinator and volunteer coordinator of uh, MADA, a local NGO in Lebanon. She is fond of discovering diverse artistic works from the region and internationally and personally enjoys writing and visual storytelling and in Uh, context of this conversation leads the Arab Image Foundation. So Hiba, thank you so much for joining Africa Conversations. Thank you, Mikey. And thanks everyone for joining. <laughs> Absolutely. It's our pleasure to have you here. So you. I wanted to ask you a sort of biographical question to start. I read your bio. You've done a lot of different things. So what, give us some sort of context of what in your career led you to the point where you thought, I really want to dedicate my time to Um, an organization as unique as the Arab Image Foundation. Thank you. Um, I think if I if I look back to my teens and in school, you know, the famous question everyone asks is, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I think at the age of 13, none of us really know what is out there and what is it that we want to do with a lot of the interests that we have. But I remember telling my teacher at the time that I, I, I wish to be a cultural ambassador. I didn't know what an ambassador does and I, and I, um, at the time, but I knew that my interest in, in theater, in, in music, in photography, even at that time was, was quite high. In the course of the things that I learned at university and throughout my work experience, I was always passionate about the image uh, and how we tell stories through, through the image. Even when I'm watching a live performance, I'm very much uh, seeing and capturing a scene or, or um, identifying a certain notion of what actors are on stage doing. Um, and in the last 15 to 20 years, the fact that I've always, um, I've, I've worked in different places and I've been really driven by the, the diversity of people that I've seen, but also the landscapes. And it's always colored my, my, uh, my work experience. And when I worked with Swiss Agency for Development and Cooperation for about 10 years, I made the shift in 2016. Uh, that, that for me was a milestone where I said, I want to be more in the cultural sector. It's a, it's a sector that interests me and I want to bring in what I've learned in community development, working across different disciplines into this sector. 
Um, and so before joining the Arab Image Foundation, I was with Afaq and I had the privilege of seeing so many artists and practitioners in different fields and looking at their work. And then I decided to take two years off actually, but was approached by the Arab Image Foundation and I don't regret it for a minute. It was something of a, of a beautiful moment. And I want to tell a funny story because 23 years ago, when I was in an apartment setting up Mada with a collective, the three members who were working at the Arab Image Foundation were in that same apartment. And I would look across the room and say to my colleague, what do these people do all day wearing white gloves and hovering over <laughs> one image? And it, it was just such a revelation that 23 or 25 years later, actually, I end up, you know, leading this organization. I don't like the word leading, but working with a group of people that are so passionate about um, photographic practices and about the image and about how we protect, but also how we open up this beautiful collection and archive to others. And so I think fate has come around and I'm yeah. back to the place where I should be. So the, the natural next question is, where are these white gloves? Um, <laughs> you see them everywhere when yeah. you walk into the office. Yeah. <laughs> so the Arab Image Foundation is one of those organizations that at first listen or at the first time you hear about it, it's not entirely obvious what, what kind of foundation this is. Um, is it a foundation dedicated to preserving the way people imagine Arabs? Is it a is it a photography agency? What is this place, right? Is it? And so what I did was I typed into Google Images Arab Image Foundation, and I wanted to see what come came up. And it's <laughs> I wanted to see how the most ubiquitous parts of or the most prevalent images related to the name Arab Image Foundation, how that may lead to misunderstanding about what this organization actually does. So if you can, let I want you to just clear it up in just two minutes. Imagine you're speaking to a 15 year old. What does the Arab Image Foundation do? Usually when I, when I mention Arab Image Foundation, I always add the caveat that Arab is not in relation to the ethnicity. It's about capturing a geographic area and its richness and diversity. So it's more the Arabic speaking region, if you wish, and, and even the boundaries are fluid. This foundation was set up by a group of artists who were passionate about, about image, about the practices in the region, and it was their drive to go out there and search for the vernacular not the classical stuff that you know a news agency would have or a photographic agency would have, but more the family albums, the images that we see in, in daily life. And so it was it was the the passion of, of these three founding members, but also the context in which they found themselves in a country in Beirut where there was little support for any structure that would protect and uh, collect and study research and expose those images to a wider public. And so what started out as a drive uh, and to research the, 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 the photographic uh, collections from the region 
after 25 years today, we're in a place where we are custodians to about 306 collections, making up 500,000 photographic objects that we care for, we house, we protect, but we also preserve in, by way of digitizing so that we can share those eventually online and have researchers and artist-led projects tell us stories about these images, not only what we have identified. And so I think the, the, the mission of the foundation is really this. It's not to be the only organization that carries this photographic heritage from this region, but an organization that through the image talks to the realities and provokes topics that are of concern to us, whether they're social, political, or justice related. But also looking at the photographic practices in terms of what is different here? Do we have a history in the way we take photographs and the way photo studios have been formed that is different from other parts of, of, of the world? And what is that story? Let me ask you some questions about um, the size of the collection and the sort of geographic and timeline of the, of, the, um, of the collection. So give me a sense of where all these images are from. Are they primarily from Lebanon? Are they primarily from the last you know, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 100 years? Um, where, where are they? What's in this collection? Maybe that's the easiest way of asking it. Probably the oldest uh, object that we have dates back to 1860. The collection comes from different countries. So it started more in the, you know, in, in the neighborhood. So it was Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Palestine, Egypt, Morocco. But also at the heart of the foundation was always this question of having more porous boundaries. And so looking at the diaspora communities, whether it was in Latin America or Africa, oh, this particular image is very interesting because it shows a whale on the Mediterranean coast. Uh, and there's a whole story behind it, but I will not say more because it will, we will talk about it later on. Um, and so they, we, we also include the diaspora communities uh, because as you know, a lot of, a lot of and I myself, I'm from a diaspora community having been born in, in Ghana. And I know how attached people are, not only to images they bring to the country that they're migrating to, but the kind of images that are built in time in, in, in albums and, and negatives from the place where they're living. And so the richness of the stories extends beyond what is perceived as national boundaries. And in a way, it goes back and forth. It's about a past which has also seen this region evolve and sometimes to disastrous ends because of um, geographic and political considerations, but where the stories remain and they remain and they cross borders. And so the collections come from across this region, including for instance, a collection from Iran. So we're not closed off, but we're saying, this is the geography that we want to explore. And these are the communities, no matter where they are, that we want to get their stories and, and their, their visual collections. Yeah. I want to ask you uh, something about uh, exchange that you and I had like about a month ago when we decided, okay, we're going to do this interview. Um, so for those who don't know, all these slides we prepare, right? Um, this, this is the work that Afikita does to prepare for the interviews. There is something on these slides that are not usually on the slides, which is captions. 
Um, <laughs> and I remember in preparation, you said, Mikey, you can't crop these images. <laughs> you can't crop these images. You can't just fit them however you want to fit them. And there needs to be captions. And it needs to say yeah. the precise caption and courtesy of Arab Image Foundation it needs to be, there are standards. There are things yeah. that you need to abide by. And these are objects. These are not just images that are croppable, right? So let yeah. me ask you, what are the, your biggest pet peeves that people <laughs> like me violate constantly <laughs> on the internet where there are no rules? Thanks for pointing that out, because I think a lot of the frustration is, is mutual. On the one hand, if you come to me and you say, listen, I need this image by tomorrow. I have a news piece that I'm putting out. Of course, you're, in, you're under pressure and you're in a rush. And I would like to provide you with something that visualizes your story. On the other hand, what most people don't know is the incredible care that we take in how we give access to images. Because... At the back of every image, and this is Kawalis, so it's the backstage, is who's the photographer, who's the collector, who's the copyright owner? Um, how can we, with the, with the information that we have at hand, make sure that we provide the person viewing the image with as much information as possible, both in respect of the rights, but also to give credit to those who research, who photograph, and who collect an image. In the previous image that you showed, for instance, Mohsen Yamin is a collector who, throughout the war, was trying to save photographic collections um, in North Lebanon. And it's thanks to him that we have exactly this image that was taken by Maril Khazan, one of the first woman photographers from Lebanon. Um, people would call her an amateur a photographer because she didn't have a photo studio but thanks to her collections uh, and to her to her incredibly beautiful array of images we have a taste of the society and the history and the time in North Lebanon that we wouldn't have otherwise so you have the photographer you have the collector and then you have our foundation which is trying to both credit these people, but also provide access to other researchers and artists who are intrigued by these images. In this case, this is a superimposed image, if you can see. Uh, and so the captions for us is a way of showing respect and, and caring for what is behind the image. And so when a news reporter gets angry with us because we don't provide them with, you know, the three images they need for their, um, their A4 article, all I can say is um, please try to understand that the kind of work we do is, is also about um, owing up to our role as custodians uh, and what that means in terms of um, ethical considerations sometimes in, in what we expose online, but also the whole issues around access and rights and copyright. So related to that, how do you expect the work of the foundation is going to change when 99.9999999% of images taken today are not objects? There are ones mm -hmm. and zeros. They exist entirely digitally. Um, how do you expect the, the work um, of the foundation will evolve in 50 years? It's, it's um, you know, there were two 
talks that we moderated ourselves because that's also of interest to us to talk to practitioners around us because we don't hold all the experience and all the knowledge around uh, um, photography. Um, and in conversation with Agop Kandajian and then Tare Amrad, Agop being a, a wonderful analog photographer and Tare Amrad who heads the Beirut uh, printmaking studio. They are both passionate of uh, analog photography, which they claim is the only photography. And I think there is always going to be this strife between people who can see what the future may hold in terms of us losing the object of the, you know, the, the, the image to the, to the binary zeros and ones. And then you have this community of passionate photographers who will hold on with their teeth to this métier and to the art of, you know, um, um, using the dark room and um, advocating for why the material aspect of the image is as beautiful and as important as the image itself. And so I think we will be overrun by what technology has to offer, but I think there is nothing that replaces the smell, the feel, and the, the richness of paper and holding something in your hands or capturing an image uh, and taking it to, uh, to have it developed. Uh, in the last issue of the newsletter, for instance, when I talk about how we see worlds disappearing, even within our generation, um, I mean, I am of a certain age, but it's not long ago that I used to go to the photo studio in Mruj, which is next to my dad's village, and develop images and, and the, the pleasure of putting a film in a camera and not knowing what's going to come out of the 36 images at the end. I think that pleasure, uh, like things which we've known 40 years ago that have come back, like the Polaroid camera, who would have thought that this would come back? And it has. And so I'm, I'm positive that there will be a parallel universe uh, with technological inventions of what is an image and how we see an image. But in parallel, you're always going to have this world and this, this community of lovers uh, of, of analog photography. Let's open up to the little quick Q&A and then we'll ask, uh, get a few questions from the audience too. So the first question is, what have you been reading or watching these days? <laughs> oh dear, okay. No, well, no judgment. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I don't have a television since 25 years, but okay. I do watch a lot of live performances. Um, I recently went to a, a play at Masrah al-Madina in Beirut. Nice. Literally two weeks ago, and I watched I Medea by the, the writer and director uh, Sleiman al Bassam. Um, I also watch a lot of live performances in Metro al Medina, so that keeps me very busy. And they range from uh, cabaret shows to Hishik music Bishik. performance, Hishik Bishik, but also Tarab. Um, it, it's it's a it's a framework that that intrigues me. Uh, Amazing. And and I'm I'm a I don't know how to describe it, but I'm a parallel reader. I never read one book at a time, and often I'm drawn to uh, poetry, whether in listening to music or reading uh, someone like Bassam Hajar, who's a great uh, and late poet and writer from Lebanon. 
I also recently I've been reading a lot of these little beautiful books that Kefata, which is a publishing house, uh, uh, produces, and it's it's they're very short. Uh, and they fit very much my lifestyle, which is extremely busy. Uh, some of them are in English, some in Arabic. So yeah, it's, I'm I'm erratic in what Lots I read. Of stuff. Hey. Okay. <laughs> um, a couple more questions. I'm going to try to get these a little faster because we have questions in the chat too. Who would you love to shadow for a day, past or present? I would love to shadow Muhammad Swaid. Muhammad Swaid is is a beautiful person and a filmmaker who's very poetic and I'm very interested in in his brain and how he conjures up images and the kind of stories he tells which very much reflect normal human beings uh, and normal daily life but also the poetry the sadness the agony I would love to see him from A to Z putting together a film the way he does Amazing. Okay, I'm going to skip the third one because I've kind of asked you about it already. So the last one is outside of your profession, whose work inspires you? Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a difficult one. You know, I there, there's not it's not so much a profession as much as it is people who have been able to make a life and not simply a living. And so I'm always I find I find people who've adopted minimalist ways of living whether in nature in in farming or with with the way they carry themselves to be extremely intriguing uh, and and it inspires me and I think because it's it's what I lack at the moment uh, my life is quite busy between home and the foundation and moving between Beirut and Bern um, but yeah, I mean, I could I could also say in the realm of the of the photography world, there's a, a collective which is called Collectif 220, and they are based in Algeria. And what inspires me is that they've decided to form themselves as a collective and they do incredible photography of different parts of Algeria. And they all have a different language in terms of how they take images. But it's it's also the way they come together as an experimental lab and how they support each other. And I had the pleasure to meet them when I was in Algeria in 2018 during work I was doing with Afaq. And, and, and these, this is a group to closely watch, Collectif 220. Okay, amazing. Um, okay, we have four questions in the chat. The first one comes from Marianne. Hi, thank you so hey. much being here I just I'm, um, I spent a lot of time in the Arab Image Foundation doing a residency in 2016 and um, it was a different artist residency not there and I now understand how many images I have used as resources for other work I'm not a photographer would you mind revisiting copyright concerns for artists using your files or do you have them? How would you like us to um, reciprocate given all that's happened for you? Thank you, Mary Ann. I mean, if I, if I understood your question correctly, um, 
I mean, the, the thing is, when when people ask us and uh, for certain images, whether it's one or looking at a collection, because we don't really know what we're going to use, we usually provide a template, which is an image request. This is the kind of exchange that allows us both to understand what you or somebody else, an artist or researcher needs so that we can provide it. And usually we provide uh, low resolution images so that people can decide what is what is the end set of images they want to use. And on the basis of what the output is, we can work out a way of providing you with high resolution images. Uh, we could, and it allows us also to go back and check our legal contracts with the depositors, with the donors of the images, because copyright, it is not there to stall uh, access. It's there to protect artists. It's there to protect intellectual uh, property. And, and when it's seen in this light, I think we all have a stake in reciprocating and making sure that when we use an image uh, or a document that we ask um, if we know where it's coming from or who holds it, you know, how can we use it and what is the best way? And that, that, um, the place to find that is on the website. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Hiba, thanks for sharing your perspective with us. This was a huge pleasure um, for us and a thrill for us. I've been wanting to interview you for some time and I love the Arab Image Foundation. So I'm, I'm uh, really, really happy to get to know it from the inside. Thank you. Thank you, Mikey. And thanks everyone for listening in. And um, do call on us. I put in the chat a number of links that you can look at. And if you if you want to follow our monthly stories, please subscribe um, and stay in touch. Thank you, Mikey, for this Absolutely. opportunity. Thank Indeed. you. So this will go up on the website um, tomorrow, up on the podcast, on YouTube. If you don't already subscribe to our YouTube and our podcast, please do so. It takes a second. Um, we are done for the week. We have an event on uh, an event, a live event in Dubai this weekend. And then next week, we'll be back for more. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Shukran. Bye. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to watch the full uncut version, go to youtube.com slash afikra. There you can see the full video versions of these podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to afikra.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikra.com support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks. Thanks.